Well, you just put five guys who score 20 points. That's not a good team. It's just you got to have like a combination of shit. Yeah. That's all people care about now is scoring. Can this guy, look at the stats. Look at Russell Westbrook. Brody was tough tonight. Vintage Westbrook. <laughs> these these dudes are what? They're 19 to 33. They suck. <laughs> and they don't post this shit on House of Highlights. Like, you know what, dog? We clip it. I just the want intro. people to like Russell Westbrook. That's the intro, bro. <laughs> Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Max and Juan cast, another installment. I am your co-host, Juan, with my other host. What's up, everybody? It's Max. Once again, bro. Fuck technology, bro. Bro, hashtag that bitch. (laughs) Bro, you saw me throwing stuff earlier. Bro, you guys don't even know the half of it, man. Welcome. Like, we're trying new things. Obviously, right now, we're doing the webcam business. We're using our phones. We're trying to get through this technology stuff down to the lights, to the mic, laptops, the whole nine, bro. It's just sometimes it can be a big old headache. But as Max likes to say, we fight through what? We fight through adversity at all times, even though it's frustrating as hell. I ain't even gonna lie. Exactly, bro. I wish I wish we can always have the setup. You know what I mean? Go over there to the dungeon, over there to Max's place. But unfortunately, bro, me and Max live in L.A., bro. He lives in Santa Monica. I live in another city kind of kind of far in a way because of traffic. It's not that far, really, though. It's just the life of L.A. Traffic makes everything a bitch, bro. So when we do have time, I will be driving over there. But for times like this where it just can't be done, we're going to try this. We're going to try the webcam. We got a good, nice HD webcam for you guys. We don't got the shitty mics or the shitty, you know, webcam. We're trying <laughs> things new, bro. Look, we're going to be getting into some NBA talk today, man. We haven't talked about it in a minute. We haven't had an NBA podcast. Um, we're going to be talking Lakers, you know, what they did to the Nets. We're going to be talking Jazz and Suns, that great game we had last week. Spider Mitchell going off and Devin Booker. We're going to be talking about the red hot Denver Nuggets who've been really good lately. And um, we'll have a little last segment as a surprise. You guys, you guys are going to have to wait and see till, till the end to go ahead and see what we're going to be talking about then. It's really funny in my opinion, but we'll get into that later. But let's start it off, bro. Lakers wind up. Beating down the Nets, the super team Nets. 126 to 101, bro. 25 points. Who saw that one coming? I mean, like, look, if there's no LeBron, no AD, no Harden, the ABC was probably the biggest loser of this game because none of the stars are healthy. That's all we want to see is the stars. Yeah, most definitely, bro. I mean, they didn't have no Kuzma, the LeBron list, AD list Lakers wind up coming up on top. KD wanted up returning. Um, but for the most part, it was, it was the super nets, bro. And 
what do you come away after that game? What what's your take on it? Well, first one is just what a happy return for Nets fans is getting KD back in the fold, and he looked good. He didn't look bad. I mean, what did he play like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, something yeah. like that. I can't even remember off the top of my head. It just didn't seem like they were that interested in the game. And I always hear the thing where it's like, oh, you can flip the switch. You can flip that defensive switch. Well, I mean, this team hasn't been together. It's the first year together. It's not the Warriors after two years and they're flipping the switch. Look, the whole first and second year of the Warriors run, they didn't flip the switch. That switch was on. They were beating the shit out of everybody because they were out there to prove they were the team. Yeah. So it's just kind of hard for me to believe, like, hey, we're just going to flip that switch. We haven't played defense all year, but now we can play it. Now we can communicate. And everyone's going to say, oh, they did it for one or two games. But it's like one of those things you got to keep at it. Like, that's one of the best things about Vogel. Since day one, it's been defense. We are going to pride ourselves on defense. This team, even without the stars, is good on defense. Yeah. And we're, we're really just missing that rim protector, to be honest. And that's 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 what Anthony Davis brought. And last year it was a little bit better, you know, because we still had two guys in Dwight Howard and, J- and JaVale McGee. And obviously we're missing guys like that. But... My big takeaway from this game just really confirmed on what I thought about the Nets. And everyone everyone has been talking about them lately. You know, Super Team, all these All-Stars, Blake Griffin, getting the buyout with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, trading obviously for Harden earlier in the season. Um, they still can't play defense, like you said, Max. And the one guy that's willing to when he has to is, is Kevin Durant. But he can't play defense... Um, against every position and that's including center and that's the big thing the Lakers Andre Drummond like he's nothing special on offense I think me and you can both agree to that he was bullying whoever was on him and it looked very easy and it seemed like the Nets did not have an answer for a big man and what creeps up in the back of my mind is the big trump card that the Lakers have from the get-go ever since last season, and that is Anthony Davis. Hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. The reports have came out seven to ten days. He'll be reevaluated. We'll see what happens with that. Regardless, I do think a lot of Laker fans and people in the NBA in general have confidence that he'll be back for sure by the playoffs, Okay, when it most counts. And... I think the Nets should be very feared if they wind up going into the finals against the Lakers. Because if they can't guard Andre Drummond, what the fuck makes you think you're going to guard Anthony Davis? And I'm not even talking about 100% healthy Anthony Davis. Well, let me clarify one thing. You mean the Nets are going to be scared of the Lakers if they go into the finals and they're like healthy? That's what yes. you mean? Okay. And look, I'll, put, I'll do some quick math. Andre Drummond at like 150% is 70% AD. Right. Healthy, right? <laughs> like if you get 85% of AD, that's like a top two big man. Probably yeah. only Embiid's better. And Embiid's been killing it lately. I mean, there's a bonus video looking back. It doesn't look good, but whatever. We'll take the views. The curse, I mean, bro. Didn't make it's it for all right. the views. We didn't make it for the views. That's just the reality. It just happens. You know, like we made that shit before the season. Like, what do you expect to happen? Yeah. But he's he's probably the only guy that can guard Anthony Davis. Uh, honestly in the league and the nets just i think they have a big problem on their hand bro like if it was if it was up to them they'll love to have jeff green playing center but you cannot do that against the lakers especially now that they picked up a guy in drummond 
Yeah, we already saw that last year. Lakers beat the shit out of Houston with AD at the five. Yep. And, you know, say they go small, right? German's minutes get cut. Well, they still got AD, LeBron out there, and Kuzma. That's yeah. like six. That's three, six, eight, and above guys. That's mm-hmm. bigger than your whole front line. Minus KD. So that's what's kind of scary if you're the Nets. It's like, even if you go against Giannis, who's going to guard Giannis? And the inside are going to like, try to build that wall and shit. But the Bucks have kind of been figuring it out lately. They've been on a tear. Giannis has been on a tear. I'm just scared as a Nets fan. One, the health of KD. Like, I'm still scared, as especially as a Laker fan. I'm still scared for AD. Even if he comes back, it's like you missed a chunk of the year for something that's not typically a major injury. It's to a scary part, the Achilles tendon. I understand that. But it's like, how can you expect these guys to kind of just come back to the playoffs playing their best basketball after 15 games? Yeah. So like, can they even find the rhythm? And LeBron's out for three more weeks, right? That's what the uh, doctors are saying? Yeah. I'm not worried about LeBron because he's been doing it like 20 years. Mm-hmm. But AD, this is like second year with the team, new pieces. That's something, too. It's like LeBron and Schroeder got time together. AD and Schroeder played, what, like 20 games, 15? Yeah. It's kind of scary to feel like you got to jump into a first-round matchup. It's probably against who's the sixth seed right now. The... Um, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's the sixth seed right now? Um, it's maybe, probably if you play Portland in the first round, it's like shit. Yeah. You really want to just like have your first game back against Portland? I mean, not even that though. I mean, what if they wind up slipping far down where they got to play in that in that playing tournament? Like that's just extra games on on LeBron and AD's tires. You know, I don't think they'll fall that far. Truthfully, just because like Schroeder and Montrez are good players. Like Schroeder's really good. He was in Kyrie's face. They got into it. There was some speculation about racial slurs being thrown around, which is kind of a weird thing to see between two players. Yeah. But I mean, it was I, great to watch. It was a game. I think when he wants to, though, he kind of has that on and off switch. But I think it's granted because the type of player he is, you know, he's he's very in your face, like you said. He's pressing. He's going 110 miles the whole game. And that tends to wear off, um, wear down on you. So I believe, like, some games, you'll just see him like, where the hell is Dennis Schroeder? Like, it's just, man, the energy's not there tonight. But, you know, he comes in handy when you're playing against the Nets, and you can tell that the Lakers got up for that game. Like, they were ready. Oh, yeah. They didn't want to be embarrassed on national TV. I mean, my boy Ben McLemore definitely showed up. (laughs) What, he had, like, six threes? Yeah, most definitely. But, yeah, I, I have confidence in the Lakers, man. As far as with the Nets go, um... I, I have full confidence they can beat the Nets. I that that's just my opinion. I I think the bigs that they have, whether it's DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, or Lamarcus Aldridge, like they're gonna get toast down low. Well, the key is DeAndre Jordan barely plays. Like, I'm, let me look. I'll pull it up right now. I have it. Yeah, he got a DMP coach's decision. So I mean, this one's been out of the rotation. I think that's his like fourth one lately. Yeah. Like Nick Laxon's better than him. Blake's better. Lamarcus Aldridge is better, but. I mean, I would kind of say, I think DeAndre Jordan would see some minutes in the playoffs. I would yeah. say he'll see a couple minutes. But he's not a needle mover. At this point in his career, he's just whatever. It's just like maybe you can go in there and get like one good play out of the guy. Yeah. They're going to have to outscore you, bro. Like the, that that's that's the reality of it. They're going to beat you going for, for scoring like about 145 points. But they're going to give up like 140 right back at it. <laughs> like, and I mean, no one's... <laughs> No one's even talking about the fact Steve Nash is a rookie head coach, and it's in his first playoff series. It's not like no cakewalk. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to say, "Well, Steve Kerr won a championship as a as a rookie head coach." Well, I mean, 
Steve Nash didn't play for Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich. He didn't. Well, he wasn't a GM of a team before. I know he had some assistant shit with the Warriors, but still, it's scary for a first-year coach. And we can go back to the Steve Kerr run with the Warriors. We can point out to, hey, they didn't play a starting point guard the first three rounds of the playoffs. No. They beat the Cavs with two of their best players out. On a scale to 1 to 10, what's your panic meter on the Lakers right now? Six and a half, seven. I'm not like, you know, ready to jump off the ship, but it's just kind of like, man, it's getting close to playoff time. We need to see these guys out there. I want to, there's no point if AD comes back the first round of the playoffs, you can't expect him to even be in shape. There's nothing like, no one's in shape unless you're like LeBron James. Let's be real. Like he's a freak of nature, (laughs) but most guys need to have a game or two or maybe like a week full of games to get back in playing shape. Yeah. It's like football. You see, uh, oh, he's in shape, but he's not—he's in shape, but he ain't NFL game shape. Yeah, he's not in football shape. Yeah, yeah I totally exactly. get what you're saying. Um, so, where are you at with the meter? I will be a four. I, I'm not that worried. I am. I, I'm. The whole big situation, like, yeah, we're talking about the Nets, but I mean the whole league, especially the Western Conference. No one can really match it with the Lakers when fully healthy, in my opinion, and. I think that's just the facts of it, man. I What I imagine with the Lakers, every time what pops up in my head, is what we've seen in the beginning of the year. They were so dominant on the defensive end with Anthony Davis. They were super dominant. And it, it's hard for me to get that out of my head. And right now they out have injuries. Out of shape, AD, too. Yeah. Out of shape. Yeah. And, you know, right now they have the injuries, obviously. And that's gonna that's gonna play a big role. But I have confidence that Anthony Davis and LeBron James will come back and get the job done. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win a championship for sure, but at least Western Conference Finals. Like I have full confidence they're gonna oh, make wow. it. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, who's their biggest rival to get there? Clippers still, or is it someone else? Or is it Utah? I mean, to be honest, I'm more scared about the Clippers than I am Utah. Just because of Kawhi and Paul George, and I know we can't trust Paul George in a playoff series, but I'm just not scared of like Go Bears your second best player, and he's just he doesn't really fit playoff basketball. If that makes sense, he's a great rim protector, one of my favorite guys in the league, and maybe this is a good way to transition to Utah versus Phoenix. We, that was a we kind of have two of those guys. That was hot. Aiden and Gobert, <laughs> who do you trust more in the playoffs? Gobert because he's been there, but it's like Aiden can st- shoot the ball a little bit, better finisher. It's just weird because you have two guys. It's like those are two of your best players, but when playoff basketball comes around, it's like who do you trust? Like you gonna trust Gobert on an island against the guard? Yeah, because they're gonna just target him on switches. Like CP3, he did it in the game. He caught. He got Gobert on a switch. They got Gobert on a switch. Booker, they cooked him. Yeah, that that's a great transition to go into the Suns and the Jazz because that that's realistically, um, after the Clippers, who are big contenders in the West. Like, these two teams went at it. It was a great game. Um, the Jazz winded up falling short. But Donovan Mitchell, bro, like, he came out to play. Booker was balling out. Chris Paul was balling out. Um, it's a shame because most likely those two teams are going to end up one and two, in my opinion. So the only way we can get that series is if, they meet in the Western Conference, and that will mean that they have one of them has to get past the Lakers or the Clippers, regardless, to face each other. Do you think the Phoenix Suns are you worried at all about a lot it being the first time for most of the team? Yeah, uh, I think I think they have a little bit of a problem with DeAndre Ayton. Like 
I don't I don't think as as deep as we are in the season and as much as he he has played I don't think he really has a defined role. There's just times in games where he just vanishes. It's kind of like the Wiggins effect from a few years ago. Yeah. It's not nearly as bad, but it's like you forget he's out there. He doesn't touch the ball for a few possessions. To me, he's got to get like 15 to 18 a game. And I know he averages that, but sometimes you just see the box score and it's like eight points a game, six points a game. And it's like, how did that happen, bro? How did you not get the touches? And I know Mikhail Bridges has stepped up this year. He's kind of the, I feel like him and Mikhail Bridges kind of like, Mikhail Bridges kind of stole some of his shine. It was like, it's supposed to be Aiden's breakout year, but Mikhail Bridges has had a better year, in my opinion. Man, it's, it's just hard, bro. Uh, as we get into this, I just want to I just want to say this, Chris Paul still my MVP. Like the the work that this guy has done ever since he's walked into the NBA. Every team he's been on drastically improved. Even a team like the Rockets when he was on there, they were a good team without him, elevated them to the status where they were almost going to make the finals and beat the Warriors if it wasn't for CP3 getting hurt. That's another story for another day, but usually, usually he'll he'll get a player like DeAndre Ayton to like really improve his game. But I think it's just really hard, like you said, he just like vanishes in games. Like you don't really, he really don't know what role this guy's supposed to play. Like, are you supposed to be a guy who can stretch the floor and? and you know spread the floor when it comes down to crunch time or is it a guy that we can throw the ball down low and get a bucket for us late in the game like what is it or is or is it even like a guy who just rolls hard to the basket and just a destructive finisher it's funny because he has a little bit of all that in his game where he can stretch yeah. step out hit the jump shot yeah. post up he's got he's good on the offensive glass to me it's just the style of play where it's like you got two really good perimeter guys and then you want to get to the hole and then he's kind of clogging the lane sometimes. Yeah. And that's not his own fault. That's just the reality of how he has to play. You I mean like MB clogs the lane sometimes for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. It's just a reality. Yeah. The only difference is those two guys actually have have some offensive versatility, un- <laughs> unlike Ben Simmons. Like I think Aiden's the X factor. If they could figure out a way to unlock him, but I don't think it's going to be this year. They're like one more year away from like figuring this thing out for real. Yeah. Like. I know they're the two seed, but the Suns have kind of skipped a phase in their development. I've always talked about this. It's like, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make the playoffs as like a six to eight seed. We're going to be feisty, but we're going to get knocked out in like the first or second round. Well, they're already at the two seed. They're like, oh, shit, we, we already we skipped that phase. So you remember with the Nuggets? Yeah. They lost in the first round. Then they remember they had the playing game with the Timberwolves before the playing game right, was a right, thing right, and right. they lost it. Yeah. And then they jumped to like the two seed. And you're like, oh shit, they're kind of like on that track, and then they lost to the Tim, uh, Trailblazers. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. They, they so Phoenix has kind of skipped that stage where yeah. it's like, oh, we were kind of a feisty eight seed, but maybe the bubble kind of gave them that experience. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It is weird because even even a team that I can think of the best example is kind of like the Warriors with their first championship, where. Curry and Clay with Mark Jackson, like they went deep, kind of like they had a deep playoff run as far as like giving the San Antonio Spurs like all they can handle. Like they had that experience before going to multiple finals. Well, they also had the Clippers experience with Donald Sterling, and that's just a fiasco yeah. of a situation to jump into. I can't fault them for losing that series. Remember the Clippers? Uh, yeah. 
the protest of the game when they took off the warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, that team had deep experience, though, and it's like people are going to say, what about the Lakers last year? It's like, well, that, we had, I like, think LeBron's the exception. No, yeah, it's also it's like we had all veterans. Like, Rondo's been yeah. there. Danny Green's been there. Mm-hmm. It's like the only guy who hadn't been there was Kuzma and Caruso. But yeah. it's like all the team had, like, had like good playoff runs. Right. So, are you sold on the Jazz yet? No. I, 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 I mean, they're good. I know they're good. I just don't buy them as a real finals contender. I don't think Mitchell's good enough yet. I don't think Gobert's good enough to help him out. Like it's it's cool, right? They're just like the Hawks. They're like the Hawks from a couple years ago or a few years ago at this point. It's like, oh look, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, Jeff Teague's taking the leap, Kyle Korver. Would and you have like they, would you have more confidence if LeBron wasn't on the Lakers? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would. I'd be like, okay, they're a final scene. I just don't trust them against LeBron because like we've seen it too many times. Like regular season, they're like yeah. the sweethearts. I don't. <laughs> do they have anybody who's top ten in the league? No, they don't. Mitchell's close, but he's not he's there yet. He's close. Yeah. They just it's have like, a bunch I trust of guys. the Clippers more. I trust the Clippers more. I don't trust the Clippers because of Kawhi. Like, Kawhi's a top three guy. You trust Paul George, though? Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I really want to, bro, but he don't make it easy. Yeah. Well, so we should talk about how Paul George had, like, all the good moments over his career in the postseason <laughs> when he was, like, a second year player. And really? Somehow it got worse. Really? That, like, that's another comfort. example of, like, yeah. The Pacers. Like, you thought the Pacers were going to take their lumps, but they just winded up falling short every time, and partly because LeBron. But, you know, that's just well, another example they, Another example yeah. of a team just, you know, growing. Yeah, exactly. They Remember they had the first half of the year where Vogel was, like, the offensive. They had the um, – he was the all-star head coach, and they just fell off a cliff, and the Knicks, like, eliminated him. And remember that's when Roy Hibbert went from, like, from hero to zero? Remember he had like zero points in the playoffs? Everyone was looking for him and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the guy in the Hawks? The ball guy who could shoot? Like Antich? Antich? Uh, yeah, Antich. Perro Antich? Yeah, yeah, just destroyed Ray Bridge's career. That was when like the whole stretching the floor like changed the NBA. Oh, my. Dude, that Roy put Hibbert Frank Vogel like... like in a fucking shell, bro. He even said it. Like that changed his coaching career. He was like, what the that fuck really is did. going on? <laughs> can, they, can, they, can they figure it out? What? Ray Hibbert can't shoot threes. What do we do? <laughs> well, look, we're we're talking about the Jazz. We're talking about the Suns. Let's get into the to the next dog in the West, and that's the Nuggets, bro. And our last podcast, I I said it. I said right now that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are hurt, and the Lakers are trending down. They're gonna lose a couple of games. This is the time where the Nuggets gotta go on a run. They made that trade for Aaron Gordon. So obviously they think that they improved as a team. So they got to start stacking these wins. And my goodness, bro, have they been stacking wins. Unfortunately, they lost tonight. It broke their streak. But they're on a tear, bro. They they were going to win that game too in Boston. Just like annihilated them in the fourth. Yeah. We said it on the trade deadline. We love the move for Aaron Gordon. He's done an amazing job for them. Maybe amazing is a bit of a stretch, but he's definitely improved them. It's everything they did at the trade deadline helped their team. There's no doubt about it. They didn't give up anything really important, and they just added bodies. Yeah, and Jokic continues to have an MVP type season. Michael Porter, um, what's your thoughts on Michael Porter? He's kind of proven why they shouldn't have traded him. He's just too hot and cold for me right now. He's just the typical. 
what what's the word? Boomer bust. He's gonna get you twenty. He's gonna get you six, bro. And I, I can't really trust that in a playoff series. Remember when he was like calling for more minutes and shit, and he hadn't even done nothing. It's just he's supremely talented. Yeah. But can we expect him in his system? Well, he's the third dog, right? Let's just say he's the third head on the snake or whatever. Yeah. He's never gonna get really the chance to step into be another all star because it's like oh we got Murray to get touches, we got Jokic. No one should take touches away from Jokic. So what do you? How do you expect him to develop? Is my question. Yeah. Like, is the best version we ever see of him gonna be in a place like Denver, or is it gonna be when like he signs a big free agent contract? Maybe with someone like Detroit, like Jeremy Grant, like how Jeremy Grant. He's like people were saying, oh, he's an all star. It's like yeah. no, he's just getting points. It's not hard to get twenty points in the league right now. Yeah. Oh man, it, it's tough, dude. The Nuggets. The Nuggets are one of those teams where. It's it's all about the the performances on two of their players. It's going to be Murray, number one. And number two, it's going to be Michael Porter. And if those two guys show up to play, I have confidence personally that they can be anyone in the league, including the Lakers. I really do believe that. If those two guys are on, they're going to wind up at least going to seven games with the Lakers. And it's going to be big trouble. Can I give you the top seven seeds in the West real quick? Yeah. We got Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers, Blazers, Mavericks. That's it. And Grizzlies are eight. Mm. Yo, one through seven, I don't want to play any of those teams, man. Like, that's a first tough – that's like a really tough first round. Like, go – like, I don't think Portland's that good, but it's like, man, they're fucking annoying to deal with. Exactly. Like, Damian Lillard is there. They have, like, a top ten player in the league. Luka, top ten player. Like, every one of these teams – Maybe except for Phoenix, the two, the top two have a top ten player in the league. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. That's my nose itches. God dang it, man! <laughs> Leave that in there. It's so freaking annoying. I'm not paying. I'm just itching, man. <laughs> nah, man. I, I completely agree with you. The West is stacked, and the the Nuggets, the Nuggets, and Jamal Murray specifically better get their their game together because he's gonna be the main key on if the Nuggets go anywhere. Well, I think we've been a little too hard on him because in the beginning of the year, he, he I mean, he always starts slow. He's picked it up, but I feel like it's just the same Jamal Murray from last year. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen take that Murray. leap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen like a couple games, and maybe that's just who he is at this point. It's just he's inconsistently like good, <laughs> like our maybe great. maybe he's just a big big game type of guy. Like, what if the playoffs come and? He steps it up like he's just one of those guys. Who knows? I bet the I bet the Nuggets are hoping that. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't bet against him going off in the playoffs with you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. He's the epitome of feaster famine, bro. Like I've like we've been doing a lot of the NFL stuff, boom or bust, feaster famine. He is boom or bust. Yeah. The playoffs are coming soon, bro. It's gonna be interesting the way things turn out. It's gonna be. Very interesting about the Lakers, like we said, with LeBron and AD. But the East is cooking up with the Sixers. The Sixers are still doing good. Right now, it's just, oh, man. It's it's a lot of wait and see. I really want to see where, where everyone ends up. Can I hit a few things in the East before we move on? Of course. Quick? What do you think about the Hawks lately? They've been, like, searching ever since Lloyd Pierce. Who would have guessed? He was a bad coach. Yeah. But they're surging. To me, it's it's a top three. Like it's three heavy teams in the top. It's like 76ers, Nets, Bucks. That's, That's it. it. Who else are you worried about? 
I know the Heat are still there. They're kind of feisty. To me, Boston's done. Like, they're not a contender. They're a pretender if I've ever seen one. Oh, my God. Like, how do the Hornets have a better record than Boston? They have an arguably a top 10 player in Jason Tatum. He scored 50. Oh, that's what I want to get into, bro. So, Zach Levine actually played the Hawks. Oh, my God. On, when was that? Saturday night. Like two, three days ago? Yeah, it was Friday or Saturday night. Um, great game by Zach Levine. 50 points, career high. What 39 of them in the first half. What a L. Yeah. To me, it just goes back to what we've always been saying about Zach Levine. I think he's just very overrated. He's a scorer. To me, if you're putting up all these points and you're losing, it's like, what do you do? Like, are you that good if your team just consistently loses? And they improved with Vucevic. A lot of people said, oh, Vucevic, oh, this is the trade that puts him over the top. This is what this, blah, blah, blah. People really say that? Yes. Like, people love Bro, that trade. It's Nikola Vucevic, not Nikola Vo- Jokic. Come on. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, he's good, but he, I, I think we said it. He's not a needle mover. What's he going to do for you? Like, they're the 10 seed right now. What is he going to get you to eight? Is that what your goal is to get to eight? Yeah. Well, t- people loved it, man. I I was I was checking out a lot of other podcasts, including some big time ones. Like I felt like we were we were some of the few people that just disliked it. I, I just don't see what it gets you. It gets you a good player, yeah, another all star, sure. But like it's Vucevic an all star if he's in the West? No, not even close. And I think it really does come back to what you feel about Zach Levine. Like, how do you really feel about him? That's what really puts that trade, whether it's good or bad. I mean, he is what he is, man. He's just a scorer. He doesn't elevate. And people are going to say, the Bulls, they're young. They got all these young guys. They got Kobe White, Patrick Williams. I like Patrick Williams. He's a good young player. Laurie Markkinen. At some point, though, it's like, you don't rely on Zach Levine to be the best guy? Mm. Like, when your top player isn't, top was Zach Levine maybe like a top 40 I know we've been going I've been doing a lot of like top whatever's this podcast I apologize but <laughs> like where's Zach Levine like 30 to 40 right I think people will be like minds exploding right now because you said that but yeah in uh, reality even, he is you hear my way I'm talking I'm just talking normally like this is just what I think it's yeah. just he's like 30 to 40 if your best players in the 30 to 40s that's why your team's that bottom and people are gonna say what about Trey Young he's top 10 no he's not he's like top th- he's the same range yeah he just puts up points, bro. People like, there's the levels points. to this shit. Be like, nobody cares if you can put up 20 points. Like, excuse me, that's all they care about. It seems like nowadays, it's not about like any of the other shit you can do. It's like, hey, can you play defense? Can you make a winning play? Nah, man, they just want to give these crowns to these kids who just get, go out there and get 25. It's like, hey guys, I don't know if you know this about NBA basketball. We're in like the biggest like offensive boom since like maybe the, ever. It's like we have more players averaging 20 points than we ever did, and the pace is higher than ever. What do you expect? It's like more offensive possessions, more points. Wow. Huh. And a big part of it with Zach Levine is the whole social media kind of thing. You know, because a lot of people in reality, they don't really watch the games. So they hop on their phone. Like, who the hell is watching the Chicago Bulls, first of all, besides people in Chicago? They look and they <laughs> follow House of Highlights or Bleacher Report. 
And oh my god, bro! They make me sick. Yeah, bro. and they post they make me sick. They post like great stuff that Zach Levine is doing, like the step back jumper or the slam dunk that he does. And like, yeah, it's like he's a fantastic scorer, bro. Like he's absolutely gifted, but he doesn't elevate your team. Like there's scores all over the place in the league, and they just tend to not elevate them. Like Chris Paul doesn't score all these points. But you know what he does? He makes people better. He's an absolute leader on the court. Like Devin Booker was struggling to put that team over 30 wins a year. And Chris Paul comes and all of that changes. So before this year, where would you say Devin Booker is in like the range of players? Like 20 to 40? Like where? I would take Devin Booker over Zach Levine. Well, I know, but I'm saying what's that range? What's that I would range say 20 in the 20s. So this year has he moved up? Or do you, Absolutely, you he's moved up, but a big part of that is Chris Paul. So that's what my that's what my question is: Is it really him moving up, or is it just oh a better team so he moves up because he's on a better team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I get what you're saying. No, that's all I'm, that's all I'm asking. Because to me, I'm thinking about it's like shit. I kind of have him up there too, but it's like I've seen little things that make me want to put him up there, like a better. He's like more detail oriented. He's like more into it on defense. Yeah, and maybe that's just part of it. It's like. If you took Zach Levine and put him with Devin Booker, how would we look at him? Mm. Probably look at him a little bit better just because he's not on the shit team, but there's a difference between guys who can carry teams and lead teams and guys who are just second fiddles. I think Zach Levine's a second fiddle. Yeah. Maybe a third fiddle. Yeah. Like if you put if you put Zach Levine with like LeBron or a KD and he's like, oh, all you gotta do is score perfect. Yeah. But when it's like, hey, Zach Levine, we need you to lead this team, it's like, oh, it's scary. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't trust that. And people love them, bro. People really do believe that. Well, also highlights, bro. They just make it. They just make it seem like this guy can't do shit wrong. It's like, oh, look at <laughs> look at bro. Bro got up for this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the. Bro, every day I go on the, I go on Instagram and I see that type of shit. They like they pick out one clip and they're like, oh, here's the narrative. Yeah, and uh, people celebrate it, bro. It's just like the same thing with Devin Booker when he scored seventy three or seventy one, whatever the fuck it was, and he lost the game. It's like and they're like intentionally fouling to get him to seventy. It's yeah. like, and I'm and, wow. and I'm not saying he's bad. That's the thing. People automatically when people are gonna hear this, they're gonna automatically they're gonna type. They're gonna be like hater, hater raid. Oh, you're hating. Oh, you're saying he's not. No, I'm not saying he's not good. He's a prolific scorer, great scorer, one of the best in the league. But he doesn't elevate his team. I'm gonna keep on saying that he doesn't elevate his team. He doesn't get w's for his squad and to me if you can't be at least at 500 or above 500 in the eastern conference like how good are you i mean like the hawks are the four seed they're 29 and 25 like that's a joke to me yeah and it's exactly what you said there's no stat and we touched on this with the caruso video you guys should check that out by the way that's a really shameless plug right there but we touched on it. It's like you can't – there's no staff for, oh, my God, this guy made a defensive rotation. This guy tipped the pass. I know they keep deflection, but there's no there's no staff for, like, how good of a teammate you are, how good of a leader you are. Yeah. It's like Daryl Morey used to be like, oh, I don't give a shit about leadership. We just got to put numbers. It's like it's like these guys who think, okay, here's what we got to hit. We got to hit 100 points, right? How do we get to 100 points? We got to manufacture 100. Yeah. Well, we just put five guys who score 20 points. That's not a good team. It's just you got to have, like – a combination of shit. Yeah. That's all people care about now is scoring. Can this go, look at the stats. 
Look at Russell Westbrook. Brody was tough tonight. Vintage Westbrook. <laughs> these these dudes are what? They're nineteen and thirty three. They suck. <laughs> and they don't post this shit on House of Highlights. Like you know what, dog? We clip that. That's I just the want intro. People to like Russell Westbrook. That's the intro, bro. <laughs> bro, I don't look at the laptop. I'm sorry, man. I just can't even think offhand. But like, it's just true. It's just like, hey, man, look at Brody. Brody's tough this week. Brody's in his bag. Yeah. Shit, they nineteen and thirty three. Nobody in they bag. Yeah. Oh, it's man. like I love Bradley Beal, and I think there's just certain circumstances where it's like, okay, if you put shit around this guy, right? Like I'll say in Phoenix, Devin Booker was around shit a couple of the years there, maybe a few years, but like maybe the last year, it wasn't a shit team last year. They should have been a lot better than they were. Yeah. Same thing you can say about Bradley Beal. We've seen Bradley Beal be amazing on a good team. We've seen him be amazing on a bad team. Well, with me, Bradley Beal kind of gets that like pass where it's like, oh, it's, it's the Wizards. And I get they've had some shit teams. But this year, I thought the team actually had some good talent. It just seems like I wouldn't say Bradley Beal's a good leader. I don't know. I don't want to be like a dick. I don't know the guy. But it, it's kind of like we talked about with the Lakers a couple times. When that first little loss happened. What did the Lakers start that one? Like 7-4? and four? Yeah. Remember, like, Mozgov here, the first year of Mozgov? The only year of Mozgov, I should say. <laughs> but as soon as we won that sub, I said, bro, watch. We're going to, like, lose two games in a row. Young team, no leader. It's going to slip. Yeah. And it was, like, 13 in a row we lost. And that's, yeah, that's that the shit way happens it goes. If you don't have a team, that a leader. That shit's real, bro. Look, a lot of people think you just plug and play these players and you you wind up manufacturing points just off people's averages. Like, no, these people are human beings, like... There's a lot of shit that goes on off the court. And certain players just don't know how to elevate their squad. Like, Chris Paul is constantly on motherfuckers in the locker room. Like, no, dude, get better. No, stay. Like, no, stay after practice. No, that's not good enough. Little stuff like that where you're a good player and a good leader is the greatest combination. Because obviously... Like, for instance, like a guy like Jared Dudley. If he's on a really bad team, like, they're going to still be bad. Like, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably be as a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like next year, like we're just building. But a lot of players are not going to listen to him and really take everything in because he's not doing it on the court. That's what makes LeBron so well. That's what makes um, – oh, man, I'm not going to say Kobe because that's kind of a bad – kind of a bad um example but chris paul you know what i mean lebron james those guys where they're good players and you can take criticism from guys like that because they're doing it on the court they're not bad would you say jimmy butler's a good leader absolutely i would say he's a good leader but it's also like you need the right type of mentality like you got to yeah. understand like i don't think jimmy butler is understood very well and we can say Udonis Haslam probably helps him be a better leader because Udonis Haslam's like, he's the OG on the block. He's been there 17 years or whatever. Yeah. So why is Udonis Haslam in the league? Because his talent, no, he's, he's probably not even that leadership. good at basketball anymore yeah. compared to these young kids. But there's leadership. And you see that with a lot of bad teams. They got nobody like who's a good leader on their bench. Like That's what the Pelicans have. Like, who's a be- Pelicans on their bench? No one who's a good leader. Yeah. They don't got no veteran. They got like... Steven Adams. Guys like... What, they got like, Steven Adams. He's okay, but he's not like a leader. Exactly. I feel like he's just like. And that goes hand in like, hand with the talent. Like you need to have one or the other. Like if you if you don't have that guy that's good talent wise, and he's bad leadership, but you have that veteran in there, you know, like for instance, like with Chicago, 
Like if they had a guy like like Udonis and telling Zach Levine, like, nah, get these guys together. Like, you guys should be staying after practice. You guys should be watching more film. No, you guys should give more effort on that rotation. Like, that's what it comes down to. You got to have one or the other. Like, you can say, going back to Kobe, like, he was a bum his last two years, if you want to say that, because of all the injuries. But there's so many probably countless stories of people getting better from watching him or just seeing how he prepared or him being a leader. Yeah. And there's there's no stat to quantify that. There's just no stat, and it sucks, and no one's ever going to come up with it, sorry to say, but it, it doesn't get the credit it deserves because everyone wants to see the 10-second highlight clip and all that bullshit that don't really <laughs> matter in the scheme of things. Yeah, it's a great dunk. Yeah. Like, Anthony Edwards had the best dunk of the year. Is he a good rookie? Not really. Mm. <laughs> it's just the reality, and they just make it seem like, oh, look at the highlights. Yeah. Everyone's so highlight-driven. It's just how about, like, the substance? Yeah. That's all we're trying to say. It's a highlight but world. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know how you feel. No, it, no, I completely agree, man. It's a highlight world. And, like, granted, I know, like, it, it, people are busy. You can't watch every basketball game. But if you're going to form a strong opinion like that and let it be so dull and go off of one thing or a couple of things you've seen off Instagram and you're only watching the good. Like, for instance, me and Max are doing prospects right now for the NFL. And I don't, I don't pull up highlight tapes yeah it's good like yeah you can see the good but i want to see what a guy's doing when he's down 20 i want to see what a guy's doing when he's hurt a little bit like i want to see what he does when he's when he's fighting through adversity is he's running his his route like even harder when he's down like that's what it comes down to yeah you can you can make a highlight tape of anybody that that plays a sport and you can make it look good but you have to go deeper into it. It's there's more to it. Oh yeah, it, it, we've we've said that we've said that numerous times, and that's a great example. It's you know it's like the Russell Westbrook thing I brought up, triple double. They don't show you that he shot three for thirty. They do that with like everyone does that shit with their pe- people they like, right? Like say you liked Christian Wood, if you're one of those guys, or Gary Trent. You know, like popular people said we're gonna break out because he had a good bubble. Yeah. Well, Gary Trent just had what like forty four points. Mm-hmm. 17, 19 shoot. They don't show you the game where he had like 0 for 10 and shit. Yeah. They don't post that. It's like, you know, take the whole picture into account. That's all I'm trying to say. Context. Exactly. That's, that's all that matters is context. Yeah. doesn't matter. Kobe scored 80 points. Like, what's the context of the game? It's like, oh, wow. They were down. He scored 80. There's a difference between scoring 70 and you're down by 40 the whole game mm-hmm. and you're intentionally fouling. Yeah. That's where it's different. Exactly. So that's going to wrap it up as far as our current NBA talk. Let's get into this last segment. What is it? I don't even know. <laughs> it's about Poops, Poops McGee, a.k.a. <laughs> the original Poop Master, a.k.a. Poops. Uh, the the shrimp, the shripper master on IG, Paul Pierce. Oh, <laughs> Poops McGee? That's a new one. <laughs> like the, the poop truther. Oh, poop truth, man. whatever. Exactly. But he wound up getting... Basically getting fired from ESPN, essentially. What did you expect? It's Disney. You got to protect the kids. You can't let the kids see some trippers and stuff. Man. Unless they're James Harden. Unless you're James Harden, it's all good. Well, I just want to tell the audience what happened really quick. Paul Pierce wanted up going on IG Live and with a bunch of dancers, strippers, whatever they were, a bunch of half-naked girls. I think they were called exotic dancers. Exotic. To, to, to keep exotic dance you know respect <laughs> for some respect Whatever. all right but look yeah. he went on ig it was a bunch of half naked girls on there 
and he was drinking, he was smoking cigars and all kinds of shit. And I'm sure there was other stuff smoked in addition <laughs> to cigars. But look, the next, I don't even. What was it? Within hours, like the within a day, I'd say within a day. Within a day, ESPN cut him off. Like done, fired. <laughs> I thought he was going to get suspended, bro. I didn't think he'd get canned, but you know, maybe he can go on FS FS1, right? Yeah. Fox News Sports, Fox whatever. Fox will pick I him mean, up. Fox a... picks, picks up some people now. Come on. He wasn't bad. Like He was whatever to me. Like, I, I don't really listen to those guys, truthfully. Yeah. But... He's not like as good as that boy Kendrick Perkins. He's <laughs> talking out his ass all the time. But yeah, if you guys... I actually like Perk, though. I like him. Perk, Perk has... My boomer bust. Yeah, feast <laughs> or famine. Feast or famine. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, Paul Pierce gone, bro. And there's a couple of rumors out there that he got offered to do a a show with exotic dancers in the back. Oh, I seen that while talking yeah. sports. <laughs> do it. Why not? And he's already in his element. <laughs> Come on, Paul. Oh, man. Give the man his job back. I don't feel like it's that big of a deal, to be honest. I really don't. I, I mean, you just got to – I mean, he should just know. If you're working for ESPN, it's Disney. You just got to know at that point. But, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought it was a little tough, too. It's like there was no – like, there wasn't, like, there wasn't no cocaine crime. Or, or heroin or something. And they weren't, like, abusing the women. Yeah. Just like having a good time, I guess. It's not like what I would call a good time for me, but for him. To me, to me, these guys are held to a different standard and they're looked at as quote unquote superheroes and role models. But at the end of the day, bro, he's human, he's not perfect. And there's a lot of things out there that every human being does that they have regrets for and they're not happy to to admit it. And to me it's just like, okay, tell the dude like, hey, don't be doing that, man. Like Suspend him, do what you have to do, but fire him. Like I, I feel like that was just very. Seemed like he kind of got sc- screwed a little bit. Yeah. Definitely got screwed a little bit. Yeah, but it's funny though because you know hashtag free free Paul Pierce was trending on on social media, and I seen he risked it off for like three hundred like viewers <laughs> too. He had like two hundred fifty viewers or some shit on the IG live. <laughs> Oh my god. It's funny though. Man's shit his pants in the finals. <laughs> I I wanna just say I, I'm the one who told Juan about that theory like <laughs> what like eight years ago? Yeah. I believe I read it, that dude. shit like on the like on like a forum one day. It was like this is so old. Like they wrote a bunch of shit after the fact. Yeah. No pun intended. You believe but... it? I believe it. Oh yeah, bro, I believed it when I told you about it all those years there's ago. There's a little there's a little like brown spot. On his yeah, it's probably you probably had choro. Yeah, it, definitely, it was definitely on his shorts, bro. <laughs> God, we got to wrap this podcast up. It's taking a dark turn. <laughs> I know, bro. A it's dark brown the turn. Max and Juan after dark over here. All right, yeah. but we're gonna let you guys go. But before you guys go, you guys are probably watching this on YouTube. If you guys are, make sure to subscribe, like the video, comment down below. Put on post notifications, bro. It's just that little bell right there. Press that, and it'll notify you every time we drop a video, every time we drop content. And if you guys don't want to do that, follow us on Instagram, bro. At least do that. That's easy. It's free. Um, that's Max underscore Juan Cast. We're also on Twitter. 
Um, same thing with Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on there also for your audio listeners out there. We appreciate you guys. Make sure to drop a five-star rating, follow us, all of that jazz. Um, anything else? Just thank you guys for all the support, man. And, you know, I, we hate technology. We're really trying, <laughs> so cut us some cut us some slack, bro. There was almost shit broken. Juan saw me throw my AirPods, like, onto the floor and, like, disgust. <laughs> All right, it wasn't as bad as last podcast because I was about to like just burn my house down because I was so irritated. <laughs> like, I, like when I get annoyed like that, I'll just like give you guys some background. Like, I want a meteor to hit the earth, <laughs> like so, like to take me out of the pain. Like, there was a point where we were like setting up, like took off my hat, like and one just started laughing. I'm like, "What's wrong? My like hair or something?" He goes, "Just like the pain, <laughs> pain on your face." I was like. What did he say? He's like, oh, you know, you can. No, I don't want to say it. Never mind. We'll move on. Yeah, just move on. Just move on. Move on. All man. Right. But we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. All right, keep on, keep on supporting us, man. We really appreciate it. We're grateful. Until next time, I'm out, bro.